Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to thank and pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Hi everyone and welcome to On The House, the Household Management Science Insights podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We are champions of life management science, providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with expert knowledge from professionals in the field. I'm your host, Gabriella Yastra, coming to you from NAM, Melbourne, Australia. Let's get started. Hi everyone and welcome back to the podcast. We're here today to talk about foundations and flaws from the perspective of home maintenance with Brian Alvarado. Um, who is a certified home inspector and CEO and founder of Alvaron Home Inspections. Hi, how are you? Hi, good. Thank you. First of all, thank you very much, Gabriela, for having me on your show. It's an thank honor you to be for here. joining for- us. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Um, but before we get going, do you mind uh, maybe introducing yourself a little bit more? Uh, yes, sure. Uh, as uh, Gabriela said, I'm Brian Alvarado. I am a certified home inspector as well as the CEO and founder of uh, Alvaron Home Inspections. And Alvaron Home Inspections is a veteran-owned small business that specializes in residential home inspections. How did you get into this area? Oh, well, it was uh, quite a journey getting there, but uh, basically uh, uh, we've kind of found it by chance and it became kind of like an unknown passion for me. Uh, My wife actually found it and thought it would be a good fit for me. And as soon as I tried it out, it was, that was it. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love it when, um, you know, your job becomes something you're really passionate about and unexpectedly right, right. as well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, um, I guess that's kind of why it started. I was looking for something I was passionate about. <laughs> great. Um, so we're going to do a section called have you met Brian? Uh, that's where we get to know you a little bit better. Um, so our first question is, uh, what's your favorite book? Oh, well, uh, well, I do love, uh, learning new things and as well as history. So most of what I read tends to be either educational in regards to business or history. But, uh, one of my all time favorite fictional books is J.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit, <laughs> because, uh, that book was the first one that kind of inspired me to go out and travel and have my own adventures. So I just, that's, I've loved it ever since. That's great. Yeah. That was probably one of my fans' favorite books as well. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. I've read it so many times. Oh, me too. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's a movie that you've enjoyed recently? Uh, oh, well, uh, you might be familiar with it, but I just recently enjoyed the, the sequel to Avatar, which is Avatar, the way of water. <laughs> I really want to watch that. Um, well, you have was it- <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. No. Okay. I won't spoil it for you. It was good. It was definitely worth watching. I'd watch it. Okay. Would you, would you recommend watching it in the cinema? Uh, yeah, it was was a nice experience to watch. I watched it. There's a lot of people that are recommending for like the 4d and the uh, 3d. I did not watch it like that. I just watched it in the regular uh, IMAX. So, uh, it was a nice experience, but I can't speak to the, (laughs) to the other ones. I remember watching the best one 3d and I think I felt quite sick. Oh, there's a lot of movement. Yeah, there's a lot of movement in those. <laughs> yeah, I guess. See how you feel. Right, right. <laughs> um, do you listen to any podcasts? 
Uh, well, yes, actually, uh, once you introduced me to the this this podcast, the household management, uh, I kind of threw it in my rotation as well. But uh, oh, great! But the most recent and the most uh, frequent one that I listen to is Internachi's uh, podcast for home inspectors. That is so specific. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. I love how there's a podcast for everyone and everything. Oh, yeah. No, there's definitely, there's that someone's probably made the podcasts for something you like if you haven't found it. <laughs> All right. I'll have to have a look for a knitting podcast. <laughs> nice. Um, do you have a role model? Uh, well, actually, one entrepreneur that I do look up to and I found recently on uh, by watching Shark Tank <laughs> was uh, Daniel Lubetsky. And he is the the CEO and founder of the Kind Bars. Uh, if you're familiar with them, they are uh, a variety of uh, nut healthy nut flavored uh, uh, bars. Oh, uh, nut bars, sorry. Uh -huh. um, basically, his mission. I'm more uh, impressed by his actions and what he does with because he he's made several nonprofits with the intention of helping others and helping people and especially people in uh, areas of conflict. And uh, basically that's the kind of entrepreneur I hope to be one day, one that is in a position to be able to help and give back uh, like he is. That's amazing. So it's a nut bar, but it actually, uh, the profits go towards really great causes. Oh, well, no, no, he, he is sorry. He started several nonprofits after the Kind Bar. The oh, okay, yeah, sorry. Right. <laughs> but he, he came up through the Kind Bars. Yeah, that's, that was Ah, uh, okay. Oh, that's, that's also great, I think. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and are there any uh, courses that you've completed recently? Oh, yes. As I, as I mentioned before, I tried to complete uh, as many courses as I can, but the most recent was InterNACHI's uh, Infrared Thermal Imaging course. And that mm -hmm. got me certified to use infrared thermal imaging cameras in my home inspection and actually included with every one of my home inspections now. And what does that um, mean when you use it? Like, oh, what does well, it do? Uh, basically, a thermal, uh, infrared thermal imaging camera basically allows me to detect an object's uh, infrared radiation. So it kind mm -hmm. of tells, allows me to see the temperature differences between two objects. Uh, and then, uh, for example, in a wall, if I see uh, one spot looks uh, slightly cooler than the rest of the wall, it can mean that there's a, a moisture issue inside the wall. But then I would confirm all my findings with the moisture reader and then my client. I guess it's easier to do that than to use the moisture reader like on every section of the wall. Right. Yeah. It's, it's not uh, very practical to walk <laughs> around in every section of the home with a moisture reader. Yeah, that's great. Um... Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Um, interesting to see, I guess, why some parts of the house are so much colder. Oh, right. Yeah, and and to that, it could also be a lack of insulation. You know, insulation uh, helps regulate the temperature inside the home sometimes. Yeah. Good. Great. Um, so we'll move on to the uh, questions today. Yes. Um, so first question: uh, What is household management? Uh, well, I believe household management refers to the various uh, tasks, chores, and responsibilities involved in uh, the daily operations and maintenance of a, of a home. Basically, you know, whether it's um, the daily cleaning tasks that you perform to keep it, the upkeep or or uh, cleaning out your, your filter and on the AC at least annually or regularly cleaning out the debris from your gutters and things like that. 
Are there any misconceptions about it? Um, well, I think one one uh, common misconception is that it's often confused with home maintenance. And uh, while home maintenance is a part of uh, household management, uh, it's only one part of household management. Household management actually encompasses everything else, which you can include like the finances involved in, in running your home as well. But home maintenance will, will usually only refer to the repairs and upkeep of the components and, and structural. So I guess, um, what is home maintenance? Oh, right. So, uh, I would define home maintenance as basically the regular upkeep and repairs of, of a home's, uh, structures and components. And basically let's say like, um, and whether that be preventative or reactive, uh, you know, you can, your AC can break down and then you have it, you have it serviced or you're regularly cleaning up the filter and having it serviced by a, by a HVAC technician uh, to extend its life. Uh, things like that would be home maintenance. Okay. Um, and I guess where does, um, so would you recommend uh, more of a um, regular maintenance or do you think you should, you know, use something and then replace it when it's like wrecked? Oh, I see. Uh, well, uh, Different parts of a home can definitely benefit from regular maintenance, and it could even extend uh, some of the uh, components' uh, lifespan, right? But on on the other end of that, not performing that maintenance can also uh, shorten their lifespan and cause them to break down before before their time. So I would recommend definitely keeping up regular maintenance and more preventative maintenance than reactive. Okay, great. Um... So we're talking about like the foundations today. So, uh, what is a foundation? Oh, well, the foundation basically refers to, um, the load bearing portion of a house's its entire structure. And it's usually built below ground. So, um, is there maintenance that you can do to the foundation? Like preventative? Uh, well, yes, there is, uh, actually some maintenance you can do, uh, me as a, uh, the most important one would be having it inspected at least once your home inspected by a home inspector at least once a year. Uh, me being a home inspector, I can get into my foundation and uh, look around. But another practice that I do that anyone can also do is uh, I trim, I look at all the vegetation around my home and I like, and I trim uh, whatever is too close to the exterior siding. You want to trim it at least six to 12 inches away. Uh, and because of the reason that vegetation tends to retain water and that water will be, uh, sent right to the foundation. Ah, interesting. I didn't know that. But does that, does that mean that you'll have this like kind of dead area around the house? If you've uh, well, got a garden? Well, no, no. Uh, well, it's, uh, you can cut minimum of six and just trim six inches cause you don't want it touching cause you don't want the water to fall off the lead right into the foundation. Uh, so you, you can trim as little or as much as possible. Um, the good thing is that most of my plants are in pots, so I was able to just kind of scoot them forward and not have to, to trim around them. But it's definitely an easy practice with a lot of reward that can help prevent a lot of moisture issues in your foundation. Yeah, that's definitely something I think anyone who has a home can do. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess um, what makes a good foundation? 
Oh, well, there are several factors that uh, can determine a good foundation. Uh, obviously, um, uh, using uh, better materials makes a, a better foundation or, or using the more durable materials. Um, also, the construction practice. You know, if the foundation is not built correctly, then it's it's effectiveness in keeping the water out and keeping the, the soil vapor out or, or even whole, uh, bearing the load of the houses and entire structure can be negatively impacted and they would just be, it would not be good. <laughs> so how can you tell if you're, you know, expecting a house to buy it, for example, um, what are you looking for to, to see if it's good? Right. Well, uh, kind of, uh, I'm, to see if it's good, I'm kind of looking for what's not there. So if I see like major horizontal cracks, you know, and then they're, they're more than typically more than an airline, it would be cause for concern. So something like that would tell me that there's probably movement or settling in the foundation. Uh, also when I get under there, I would look for what, um, is known as efflorescence, which is like a white powdery substance left by water after it dries up on the concrete. So that tells me that water entered the foundation at, in that area and, uh, things like that, I would, I would see. And then if I, the more, the less I find of those, the better condition the, the foundation's in. So, so you're actually looking for, you're looking, you're hoping for nothing. Right. But that's really the case. <laughs> okay. Right. Are there different types of foundation? Uh, yes, actually. There are uh, crawl spaces, also known okay. as pier and beam. Uh, there's okay. uh, fort slab or slab on grade. And then there's full basements. Now, um, would you like me to go a little bit more into into detail on those? Or? Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, go okay. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, full basements, you know, they're, uh, they make pretty good foundations, but they can be a little more more expensive because you know it's a full room they're usually made up of concrete or bricks stones um port on slab uh is a little easier to construct and more economical than a full basement and it's actually became the most common here in the u.s and i believe in australia as well if if my research was right but uh uh i believe those are the because of their easiness to construct and them being more economical and the crawl spaces tend to be more on older homes and they're also more economical because of the materials involved which use more more wood than you would in Ford slab which is mostly usually just concrete um and actually i have a funny story about the the crawl space uh, my home has a crawl space and that's actually while i was inspecting uh, my crawl space that's where i found the most recent uh member of my family my cat <laughs> evie <laughs> Oh, that's so cute. What, how old is she? Oh, she's going to be two years in May. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. We'll have to have photos. <laughs> Can you send us a photo? Oh, uh, definitely. Yeah. I'll send you guys a photo. <laughs> so um, I have a cat as well. We did find him in the, in the oh, foundations, awesome. but <laughs> now I'm partial to cats. Um, yeah, I was so other, <laughs> other than finding your family underneath the foundations <laughs> um like what are the are there some other benefits to the different types of foundations um like is one more energy efficient um or anything i see um they they all have their advantages and their disadvantages you know and and they greatly also uh 
depends on the type of materials used in the construction and the construction practices as well. Um, but uh, I've seen, I guess, uh, I've seen more and more going towards the poor slab, port slab. So I would argue that that and the full basement are would be uh, stronger, maybe easier to maintain foundations in a crawl space. The other thing I wanted to ask about the crawl spaces is, are you driving the wood into the ground? Does it like, I don't know, oh, get moldy? Uh, no, one thing that I look for as well is any contact of the wood with directly with the soil. Uh, uh -huh. they, they should not come into direct contact because that would allow for, um, for, you know, wood destroying organism that would allow a pathway for wood destroying organisms such as termites or something to get into the home or even for for water to rise up into the home through capillary action. So is it like concrete and then is it wood? Yeah, it's usually like, yeah, sometimes some uh, a con a concrete, uh, they can have little footers or uh -huh. they usually put like a little slab of concrete or treated wood, wood that is uh, meant to, to come into contact with it that's protected so that it won't allow uh, would destroy organisms to infest. Okay, interesting. I'm learning a lot. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so what are some common problems for foundations other than, as you mentioned, I think, um, water? Right. Or yeah, so besides uh, moisture issues, another common one that I see is uh, uh, insufficient or missing insulation. Uh, for the full basement can be insulated on the exterior or interior. Uh, port on slab usually has uh, foam insulation uh, on the on the exterior and crawl spaces are treated as like a small basement. So they should have insulation in the walls and on the floor. Okay. And, uh, and that, it's a, so, sorry, go ahead. Uh, does that mean that you use a lot of heat um, under like in the floors? Uh, without uh, the proper insulation, you can, it, it can allow for either the the vapor from the soil and the moisture from the soil to enter the home or for you to lose the heat uh, through that way and work. So it's a two-way issue. Right. Insulation really, really helps uh, keep things together in the home. <laughs> uh, are there other problems, uh, common problems that uh, people have? Yes. You can see settlement cracks, uh, 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 movement or shifting of the foundation. Uh, you know, you when I would look for that, I would look for maybe out of frame, uh, doors out of frame or windows with the slanted frame things that would tell me that the house is kind of shifting. That's not a good thing or bowing, bulging or leaning of the walls. You know, that would also give me an indication that there's serious problems in the foundation. So in my apartment, so I live in an apartment right. and, um, we, a couple of years ago had some really big issues with, um, I think it was called subsiding um in the foundation okay oh i see yeah because of the soil think, yeah so like um we have these like zigzaggy cracks in the walls like some windows oh, were actually breaking because of the change um right yeah is, so that is that a really big problem that it sounds like it could be a, a major it sounds like the building is kind of coming to this uh from what it sounds like that you're explaining so I, I would definitely get that looked at by, by somebody. <laughs> they did, they did actually get someone to look at that, which is why I know the word for it. Oh, good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's kind of serious. Yeah. Yeah. It seems to be happening again. And I think it's just, it's, I guess for some issues, 
Right. Is it something that will just keep reoccurring and you just have to fix it up? Well, for, now? for a lot of them, um, it could be that the soil wasn't properly compacted at the beginning of the construction. So now it's moving and, you know, the building is moving with it. Or it could be that water is getting, is getting so much water in it that it's maybe eroding or moving the dirt. And that's mm-hmm. what's also causing the displacement or the, the shift in the, in the foundation. But I would, uh, definitely recommend either a structural engineer or a foundational contractor look at that. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's a, so that's something that definitely professionals will have to look at. I would. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. That sounds like. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's. I don't, I just read that. So, you know, it's not my, not my problem. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so is there any preventing these problems like with the dam, um, that like lay people can do, or uh, is it just to get a contractor in? Well, uh, for most, uh, issues with the foundation, I would really recommend, uh, hiring a professional, whether it be a foundation, a qualified foundation contractor or a structural engineer. Um, you can try to fix some of the issues yourself, depending on your knowledge and your expertise. Uh, however, um, you can end up doing more damage if it's not done right. So it's just a matter of looking at the designs of issues and right. then getting a professional into. Uh, as far as preventing, uh, you can you they could take some steps to prevent moisture intrusion, mm-hmm. which uh, would be uh, having gutters and downspouts installed in the home to shed the water mm-hmm. from the roof away from the home's foundation. Uh, and as well as the trimming of the vegetation around the, okay. the home that I mentioned before. Would also be like cleaning gutters regularly also be a really important yes. one? Yes, thank you. Yes, uh, regularly cleaning out the gutters because any debris that builds up in there can potentially block the water from exiting through the downspouts and then just uh, overflow it into your roof. Um, and you don't want that either. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Good to know. We're also going to talk about flooring today. Um, so are there different types of flooring? Oh yes. There, there are many different types of flooring. You know, there's a hardwood, there's laminate, there's vinyl, there's carpet, there's brick, there's stall, concrete, and many more. <laughs> <laughs> um, so why would you pick one floor over the other? Well, I think it would really just come down to personal preference and your budget because some materials are more expensive than others, but they're more durable. Uh, and then some materials are easier to maintain than others, like hardwoods and laminate floors, generally waterproof floors would be easier to maintain, um, especially when compared to carpet. Uh, concrete uh, flooring would be the easiest possible, probably I would say, but uh, it may not also be aesthetically pleasing for someone, especially in like a living room. Yeah. And I think it would hurt if you like tried to, uh, well, my partner does easy, um, stretches on the ground a lot. So if you're stretching oh, straight on the concrete, it wouldn't be very comfortable. Right. I no, I, yeah. <laughs> not ideal. Yeah. Um, so what, what I guess. I don't know much about building or anything. So is it just like you have the foundation and then you put like the hardwood on top of it? Is that how it works? Well, it would, it would depend on the foundation. Yes. But generally, yes. It's like the foundation is like the base and then they build the house on top of it. Okay. The flooring to the walls, to the roof, ceiling, attic. So, uh, once they, um, 
What what type of floor is the easiest to maintain? Oh well, um, uh, as I mentioned, I think it would be concrete would be the mm -hmm. easiest. Oh, uh, yes. But not sure if you'd want it everywhere. Uh, yeah. But generally, uh, hardwoods or waterproof floors such as laminate or water resistant floors, sorry, such as laminate, um, I would say, yeah. So the hardest would be, I guess, carpet because you'd have to like- I, I would say carpet, yeah. <laughs> you'd have to, depending on it, you might need a good steam clean or even replacement of the carpet. Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. Um, I guess, but I guess that it's much more comfortable to have carpet on the ground. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. Um, so what are some uh, other problems that people have with their flooring? Uh, well, uh, some problems that, uh, that I've seen is um, bubbling, uh, bubbling of the floors or, or squeaky or squishy floors. Um, that usually means that there's an underlying uh, moisture issue. I remember one house, I was just walking through the hallway and then I know where I, I heard a squeak and I just stopped. <laughs> right there and um, when I went on the call space there was a big uh, leak under under there basically from one of the pipes and interesting well, so there's a the couple of things that you can find in the, in the floors yeah <laughs> so if a floor is squeaky does that mean that there's a water problem or it could it usually it, means, it usually mean it can mean um, it can mean that there's a water problem it's not it's not always it doesn't always mean that there's a water problem but it can that's be true. a good indication uh, that's when I would uh, like I, I went in under and got a visual confirmation as well as use my moisture meter. Uh, but it can mean that uh, that there's no active leak, but that somehow that uh, piece of floor has retained moisture and that's why it's uh, squeaking or, or a little squishy, I would say. Okay. I think if a floor was squishy, I would that's a huge immediately <laughs> do something about it. Oh, that yeah, sounds that's cool. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, so um, I guess, what can people do in that kind of situation? Uh, just call the professionals? Um... Uh, you you can try to take care of it yourself, but um, however, if it is an underlying moisture issue, um, okay. it will probably just happen again. So okay. yeah, I would recommend contacting a professional contractor or somebody that could address the source of uh, moisture. Okay. Um, is there something you can do to prevent it um, or? Uh, well, it, it would go along the same lines of the preventive measures for moisture intrusion, like adding the gutters, downspouts, and okay. uh, trimming the <laughs> the vegetation. Okay. Stuff like that. I mean, it's good that they're all, I guess, easy fixes. Right, right. Yeah, things things that uh, you can do without uh, many tools or, well, mm. except installing the, the gutters. But Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about the cleaning floors? Do you know much about that? Like what's uh, well, the best way? I, I know that I've heard there's many methods and chemicals out there for cleaning the floors, but I mean, I, I've seen, I, in my opinion, the best method that I've used is just regular soap and water. Okay. That's good yeah. to know. Like less chance to, uh, to find something that'll mess up your floors, you know? Yes, exactly. You find yeah. that this cleaning product actually doesn't react well right. with things you have on your floor. Um, so move on to um, the practice, um, a practice Correct. that you do at your own home. Um, what is something that you do um, to maintain your walls and foundation? Uh, well, as I mentioned before, since I'm a home inspector, I can go into my foundation and I, and I take a look at the conditions and see, you know, what needs to be addressed, uh, what, what problems there are. But um, 
the uh, simplest practice that I that I also do that anyone else can do is just the trimming of the, of the vegetation. You know, that would be the main. Um, another thing would be looking at the grading outside your home. By that, I mean the, the floor outside your home. Is it sloped towards your home or sloped away from your home? You want it sloping away from your home so that any water that hits the floor goes away and not towards your foundation. Uh, for that, you can probably try regrading yourself if you want to get the soil or the, you know, and level it out, or you can call a professional or a landscaper to do that for you. So is that, do you mean like, I guess, seeing if the soil in the area is more of a, like a mound away from the home, would you just right, be getting I guess, um, no, I guess uh, the way your floor is slanted, your your yard on the outside, the way it's slanted, I guess. Uh-huh. Because if it's slanted in a way that's facing towards your home, any water on the floor will, will roll towards the foundation. So you mm-hmm. basically want um, your ground to basically be at the highest point by your house and then slope down toward, uh, away from the from the home, basically, towards the street, basically, I guess. <laughs> so would that involve just, I guess, moving the dirt from... I guess the um, higher ends and moving them towards the house. Right. Okay, that sounds pretty. But you also want to. Really, yeah. The reason I would recommend a professional is because you don't want to, uh, you know, put too much soil towards uh, the side of your house as well and bury the siding because that can uh, also affect the, the siding right there or cause moisture or wood destroying organisms to enter in there. So okay. you want to you want to kind of uh, not put it too high, but make sure that it slopes from the house down away to the towards the street okay that definitely makes sense because i guess if you think about like bowls versus hills it just right right like, quite an easy idea but i never thought of that oh yeah <laughs> i i didn't give it as much thought until i became a home inspector either <laughs> so we do also have some questions from the audience oh okay um so um, the first question is, what are the best floors um, for um, hot and humid weather? Or like in hot, humid climates? Oh, in hot, humid climates, uh, I would defer more to to a flooring specialist on this. However, uh, I would guess that the only thing with hardwood floors is that, you know, the heat will tend to affect affect them uh maybe uh i believe it expands them but uh other than that i think just one that the uh, any floors that don't get affected by by temperature basically i mean i think any laminate or even carpets would would be okay in in humid conditions it's just on they would they might take more maintenance or, or um, things like that. okay i guess not that anyone's doing it, but I guess something that doesn't expand too much, like steel. Exactly. Yes. Thank you. Steel fault, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I've seen um, train um, train rails where they expand so much it buckles the it buckles everything. Oh man, yeah. See, the, um, the temperature can affect yeah, a lot, so you, a lot yeah. of things. Particularly in Australia, we've got such um, big differences of even in one day. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, that probably would um, make a big difference. No, um, yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, how efficient is concrete flooring? Oh man, well, I would say it's uh, very efficient because I mean it also takes little to no upkeep, really. I mean, on the outside, we mostly use 
concrete and it withstands the weathering. The, I mean, the weather, the elements, uh, it just depends. Uh, it can be more expensive to use, to use concrete because it can take more of that material to cover the desired area. Um, but it is very durable, although it may not be, as we said before, aesthetically pleasing <laughs> in certain areas of the hole. Mm. Um, that's all of our questions. Thank you. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Um, so we'll move on to the open mic section. So this is where you can talk about um, anything that you're passionate about. And it doesn't have to be related to our topic today. And you said you've chosen your passion for travel. Oh, yes. Uh, I, I love traveling. Uh, you know, now that now with my wife, you know, she's my partner in all my journeys and my travel as well. And uh, because of The Hobbit, you know, I've traveled to many places and had my own adventures. Uh, you know, I've traveled, I got to climb Mount Fuji when I was stationed in Japan uh, during my time in the Marine Corps. And uh, I also experienced the pyramids of Chichen Itza in Mexico. Uh, I've seen the Parthenon in the original Olympic Stadium in Greece. Uh, let's see, I've seen historic World War II sites in both uh, Germany and Poland when I visited there. And I've went to, I've seen the Niagara Falls in Canada as well. Uh, I have not yet been to Australia, although it is on my list, and I hope to visit. <laughs> I hear this a lot from a lot of people, um, but Australia is very far for them. And I'm like, what do you mean? It's right here. Right. It's a plane right away. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's, it's hard to get to everyone else. R right. <laughs> yeah. um, so you said you liked The Hobbit. Um, have you been to New Zealand? No, that is why uh, Australia, uh, well, New Zealand specifically made it to to my list. Once I saw that a lot of the the, the film was filmed there, uh, it, it just made it on my bucket list. Because <laughs> I used to live in New Zealand, and um, really? like, oh man, yeah, and I mean, I was a kid at the time, so I didn't really oh, travel much around New Zealand by myself. But I do remember yeah. climbing Mount Doom, and everyone being like, "This is Mount Doom." That's cool. <laughs> and it was really amazing. Um, yeah. So I was just wondering, it must be, it must be on your bucket back list to go there. Yeah. And no, it, it, it definitely is. <laughs> and how is it not on your way down? <laughs> and Mount Doom actually is going to be added to my bucket list now. I hope, Amen. I hope I can complete that one. <laughs> yes. Um, and also, uh, Hobbiton is also, or the Shire is in New Zealand. Well, that's oh, where yes. I <laughs> yes. um, Actually, I think most of all of New Zealand was the Hobbit, right? So just I think that yes, I think uh, all of Hobbit, all the Hobbiter uh, homes basically were New mm. Zealand. And I think most of the scenery is what really that yeah. attracted. Yeah. So I can't wait for that trip. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so I guess where else do you want to go? Oh man. Um, we do have like almost endless list, I guess. Uh, we we do want to travel through uh, Central and uh, I mean through Latin America as well. You know, we want to. I haven't. Uh, I am half Guatemalan and half Bolivian. Uh, I've been to Bolivia, but I have not seen Guatemala yet. So that is definitely on my list as well. Um, and then we want to see other places like Peru, Puerto Rico. Uh, you know, we want to travel more through Europe. Uh, Italy, you know, specifically Rome, or places like that. I just, and uh, I do tend to like more historical uh, 
places as well, just because I, I, I love history. <laughs> well, Europe's definitely, I mean, everywhere's full of historical places, but I mean, yes. Europe I think, especially um, has a lot of tourist sites specifically for historical places. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, like the Colosseum in Rome. I mean, I feel oh, like... Oh, Greece. Oh, um, man, yeah. Another and Colosseum. then the Italy would have the Colosseum, the Vatican. Yeah. You know, I, mm. I would just like to see the. It, it sounds like an amazing place. I just want to see it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I also love traveling, and um, yes. yeah. Recently, I got to leave the country for the first time in like three years, so that was really nice. Oh yeah, because God, where did you go? If you don't mind me asking, I went to Singapore and to Seoul. Oh, awesome! Yes, Korea is definitely on my on my oh, list well. as well. And the food there was amazing, so I don't know really? if you like food, but yeah, I, so good. I keep hearing that as well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, yeah, I think travel is, is very important, I mean, because uh, money will always come back, your time will not. That's the way I yes. see it. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a favorite place that you went to? Oh, man. Um, honestly, right now, it's probably between Poland or Greece. Because those two, I just I I fell in love when I when I was there. The the sceneries, the cold, the culture, the history, every everything there was, but was awesome. But I think I'm a little more partial to Greece simply because uh, you know of the all the I also love the Greek mythology. Uh, that was kind of <laughs> I was kind of a nerd when it came to that. You know, <laughs> like I I love that. <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to go to. Um... I forgot what it's called. Yeah, the Parthenon, the, the hill yeah. with all the things. There's uh, the Parthenon, and then there's uh, the stadium. Wow. Yeah. I think I know what you're talking about because we did a tour that took us to like all the different uh, historical places like that, but I cannot remember the name. Yeah, right. not the Roman either. But yeah, that's that's definitely on my list. No, I I would definitely recommend recommend. It was, it was amazing. I'll just have to find some way to get to Europe. Because it is quite a fast yeah, for me. Honestly, once once you get there, I think the the inner travel is, is pretty easy. I think. Yeah. Mm. If people want to find out more about you, where should they go? Yes. Uh, well, uh, if you'd like to find out more about uh, Alvron Home Inspections or myself, you can check us out on our website at www.alvronhomeinspections.com. Uh, you can also look us up on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, the, our name would be Alvaron Home Inspections for both. Or you can follow me, Brian Alvarado, on LinkedIn as well. Great. And uh, we'll put all of those uh, links in the show notes for you to find. Because um, oh, I know you. it's very hard to remember all of the different oh, right. um, <laughs> things. I don't know, for me, yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, great. Thank you. It was so great to talk to you today. Yeah, thank you so much, Deborah. It was awesome being here. Thank you. You've been listening to On The House, produced by the Household Management Science Labs, a division of LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. More episodes like this from across 10 life management perspectives can be found by searching LMSL on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, and any other podcasting apps available on your smart devices. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider rating, sharing, and subscribing to our channel as it helps other people to find it so we can grow and continue to bring you quality resources. More of our work can be found on our website, hm.lmsl.net, where you can join our movement. I'm Gabriella Yastra. Thanks for tuning in.